definitely a day that, <clears throat> if you were alive and existed, rings uh, very true on today. 21 years later, there's just something to that day. Um, a lot of you probably know exactly where you were and remember the details very well. Um, so we're just going to take a look at that today for a brief moment and then take it back to Scripture and and look at how these two um, can be related. Um, but a couple of things completely unrelated to the service today. They relate to church, I feel like, in a way. Number one, I got a compliment on my mustache this morning. I'm growing it back, so that was a good day already. Um, <laughs> and then number two, I don't know about you guys. I like the communion. Does anyone else like the communion? It tastes like Domitap, brings back good childhood memories. I just, I mean... My mom had to like hide the Domitap from me because I, I like the taste of, of grape, apparently. But anyway, those are the two things that are completely unrelated. I didn't bring them up in first service. It was a little more serious. You know, I think everyone was a little sleepy. I'm not going to lie. There was like one sentence that I fumbled over, and I was a little sleepy as well. It was a busy night last night at the firehouse. But we're here today, and I'm excited, um, number one, just to take a moment to remember September 11th, you know, 21 years ago, it seems like it was just yesterday. I, I remember for myself where I was. I was in seventh grade at the time. I was in my sign or my homeroom teacher, Miss Chancellor. I remember the things that were going on. I remember them turning the TVs on after the first tower had been hit and then us watching history play out in front of us from that point forward. As a seventh grader, I didn't understand the magnitude of really what was going on. I knew it was serious, obviously. But even at that point, I don't think everyone really understood what was going on until the second tower was hit. Um, and just watching that all unravel. And then over the past 21 years of life, being able to look at that and then having the opportunity to, to go to the uh, ground Zero, the memorial that is there in New York City, uh, is absolutely just phenomenal in a way where it just takes your breath for a moment and just makes you sit and think, uh, and you get to hear the stories, you get to hear and see so much, and we've heard so many stories over the past 21 years from people's perspectives on that day. Um, but it is a day that will always be remembered. It's a day that I will never forget and a day that just continues to, to be one that um, is very sobering for me as we really look at the, the magnitude of the impact uh, of what it had. But it's good to be remembered. We remember so many of the, the wonderful things that we see from that day. But I want to say this. When you believe in something, it's not merely something you mention. When you believe in something, you support and back it by your actions, which is going to tie in today in which we saw tied in on that day 21 years ago for the day of 9-11. And so for everyone who was old enough, like we were saying, it's a very sobering day. It's a day filled with a lot of emotions, uh, maybe of shock, of just pure awe. There was a lot of patriotism that followed that, a lot of unity that followed in our nation after that day, it was really incredible to watch everyone band together, to come together, to, uh, you know, go to the stores or the gas station or wherever you were, and people look at you, and they speak to you, and they shake your hand, and they say, God bless America. Like, there were so many wonderful things that came from it. 
But again, it's one of those days that, you know, we all remember in different ways uh, for some. You know, it's, it's just, um, for me, I want to say this, it's a lot different now from the time I was in seventh grade to the time I became a firefighter to really see and understand the magnitude of what those guys went through that day. And I know there's a lot of people involved, but for me, that's one of the things that I look at. And there's a number that we always recognize when we look at 9-11, and it's the number 343. And that was how many fire firefighters died on 9-11. But if you go back and you look for, you know, some of the pictures and the things that happened that day, these guys were literally walking in. They had pictures, like last pictures and moments of these crews before they walked into these these towers. And there wasn't a look uh, of, you know, anxiety on their face. Like they weren't disturbed in any way. Like they were there to do the job. They had, you know, a serious look on their face, but they weren't panicked. They just walked in and they went to work, and that's what they were, you know, bred and formed to do. Like, that's what was, you know, banged into their heads. That's what is banged into our heads as public servants. But it's really neat to see that they were there to serve, and that's what the Lord called them to do. You know, I believe that for a lot of the people who serve in those ways that the Lord calls them to be there. And it's just incredible to see that that's how, you know, they went in with their last moments, not knowing that this was going to be their last moment, but knowing something serious was happening and they were going to go to action. So for me, on this day, I bring all that up because I remember it not only as a day of seriousness and, and, and all the impact, but I remember as a day of action. You look at these people, you look at the, the two complete and total opposite sides of this, and it was a day of action. And unfortunately, some acted in pure evil, while others acted in duty and upheld and maintained their oath of convictions to serve their community. The very thought that, you know, that comes with this has allowed me to think a lot, really over the past you know, few years, but really over the past 21 years, of collecting these thoughts together and, and being able to look at the, uh, the impact of this day. But there are two very different types of people. Uh, the day that, that, that happened with, with 9-11, like two opposite sides of the spectrum, people who were acting based on what they believed in. And that is something you look at, and, and you look at, and it just kind of puts you in awe for a moment. We had a group of terrorists who were acting on their own convictions and radical beliefs, something that they believed in so much to the point that they sought to take their own lives and the lives of thousands of innocent American people so that they could reach the pinnacle of their faith. That is what they were acting on. But then you look at it on the other perspective, and there's a second group of people, of Americans and first responders who put themselves in harm's way to make sure that others were taken care of and had the greatest chance to survive the chaos that just abruptly ensued their lives. These are the two actions we saw that day. But nonetheless, the beliefs of both of those groups brought them to action that day. And everyone that day, whether right or wrong, they acted on what they believed in. And that brings us to our first point today. And actions are the greatest testament to our faith and what we believe for us as Christians, we can say, we can talk, we can you know, utter whatever type of words that we want. But after the words are said, the actions we take should speak volumes above the words that are uttered from our lips. You hear this growing up all the time, right? Your actions speak louder than words. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this in my 33 years of living, and there's no telling how many times that you guys have heard it or how many times you've said it to maybe your children or your spouse. You know, like I still 
those words when we're going to family events, like, hey, you better act right. You know, it's going to be, it's not going to be good if you don't. No, but for real, like you look at all these things and I say it to my kids and I grow up hearing it, you know, and, and I remember going back to the times where I'd go to church with my grandmother. Hey, boy, you better act right when we go in this church. You know, like she would be singing in the choir, giving me the evil eye at the same time if I wasn't doing what was right, you know, so it was serious. Or she was sitting down and I was fidgeting or whatever, falling asleep, she would pinch me, you know, but, you know, she wanted us to know that your actions speak volumes. You know, she wanted us to act right. Our parents, my parents, they wanted me to act right. You're not just carrying your name, you're carrying the family name, son, you know, like those are the things that are told to you growing up, and they're very true. Our actions do speak louder than our words, and sometimes we might hear things and we say one thing and do another. And, and you know, we have to, to look at that and evaluate, you know, the importance of that for ourselves. But on this day, man, there are two different sides of the spectrum of people who are acting on those things. But for us as Christians, we know that there is only one true God. Plain and simple, there is one true God, El Shaddai, Jehovah, Yahweh. There are so many hundreds of names that the Bible gives. And we can look back and say, this is our God. And there's only one true Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And for us as Christians, this is our everything. Our faith in the resurrected Christ is what saves us. But not only does our faith in Jesus save us and allow us eternal life, it should move us to action. Our faith should genuinely move us to action. Anything that we are involved in hopefully moves us to action. Uh, you know, I think about this more recently than anything. My daughter, Laylee, is 10. She's tried a bunch of sports. She's tried cheerleading, gymnastics, soccer, like all the things. And she said, hey, Daddy, I want to try softball. All right, you know, like we're going to make it happen. So we got her signed up for softball. And, you know, we're, we're getting all this stuff and, you know, you're looking at, you know, all the things that go into it. But if I want to teach her, if I want to show her the way that those things should go, like we have to be active in that. I can't just say, hey, this is how you do it. I have to show her because she's never played a day of softball in her life, you know? I mean, she can catch pretty well. She's got a really good arm, but, you know, she's never batted any of those things. So I have to show her, like, these are the actions that you take. Here's how you swing a bat. Here's how you catch a ball. Here's how you throw it. Here's how you run. All those things. And that's important. So anything that we do and that we are involved in should spring us to action. The things that you are involved in in your life make you take action. And so that's where we are today. And our faith on top of that should convict us to the point where we cannot sit by and just do nothing. Our faith should drive us to move towards Jesus. And as a result of becoming closer to Jesus, it should prompt us to act like him. One of the things that I love out of Matthew chapter 7 verse 16 is this. He says, you will recognize them by their fruits. Talking about the Christian people, or even talking about other people, you will notice that this person is this way by the fruits that they bear. 
And that's the same way in life. You know, I'm not a person that does horticulture. You know, I don't plant all the things or know all the trees. I sometimes look at things and have to ask other people, hey, what kind of tree or bush or whatever it is, you know, is that? That's not my gift. I know there's some people out there and they know literally everything. You can ask them and they're going to tell you exactly what it is, what it produces, if it's a annual or perennial, you know, all those things. But, you know, Matthew is making the point here and he, and he makes it stand out by saying, hey, you can notice someone by the fruits that they bear. And we take that into life, right? We can look at the different trees or the bushes or whatever are planted. We know it's an apple tree because it produces apples, right? We know that it's a pear tree because it produces pears. We know that because of the fruit that it bears. If the tree was empty, you'd probably look at that and say, I don't know what kind of what kind of tree that is, you know? And so that's how we know the things. And I love that simple point that Matthew makes that is so profound. And so I ask you to ask yourself, if someone were to look at you and ask what kind of tree is that or what kind of person is that, would they be able to say it? Man, there's someone who loves the Lord literally in everything that they do. They take action, and they are who the Lord asked them to be. And I believe on this day 21 years ago that we saw the actions and fruits of so many incredible people, and that's where that tie and connection comes back in, many of which I would imagine had a faith in Jesus Christ. I can't help but believe that there are so many people that day who are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and they went into action because that's just what they did. That was their nature to go and to help and to put themselves in harm's way to help the, the lives of others. Some even paid the ultimate sacrifice when they gave their life and continued forward to uphold and protect the oath that they vowed that day. And I say all these things to bring us to this point. When we believe in something... When you believe in something, it should prompt you to action. If we aren't acting, then there's something wrong, and we need to take a deeper look into that because there's something that is making us not act on the things that are important in our life. Maybe it's hesitation or question or doubt or concern. There are so many things that could go into why we don't take action. But our faith is the most critical area where action should be noted. True faith yields action, and true faith yields fruit. And of course, I know that along the way, and we even see in this book right here, in this scripture that is perfect, that there are people who fail. There are people that the Lord continues to use even with their failures and their shortcomings and their doubts and their excuses. Like There are so many people in here that are just like us. They came to the Lord and said, I can't do this. Like I don't know how, or I've made a mistake. Do you really want to use me? But it's their heart in the end to come back to the Lord and say, please just just use me in the way that you want. So we are going to be the same way. We are going to have struggles. We are going to have doubts. We are going to miss out on opportunities. I can speak from experience. Those things happen. And we see it again with these people here. But even in those things, even in our struggles, even in our failures, our doubts, our missed opportunities... Our relationship with Jesus should keep pushing us forward and call us to action over and over again every single day. 
And the only actions we take shouldn't be our initial walk down the aisle when we accept Christ as our Savior. The only other action that we take shouldn't be when we step into the waters of baptism. That is just the very beginning of where our faith begins and the actions that we take. So today we are going to be in James chapter 2. James does a phenomenal job of explaining this and just giving it a deeper look of what taking action should look like. So, James chapter 2, verses 14 through 25. Here's what it says. It says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things they needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if... It does not have works is dead. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by their works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was also not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as a body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. I know that's a chunk of scripture, but what he is trying to do here, what James is trying to compare is that when you are a Christian, when you have true faith, it should prompt you and move you to action. People should know that by the things that they see you do in your life. That is very evident, and we know that. We can see that in some people's lives more evident in certain moments than in others. Maybe we can see it in our own lives at more you know, opportune times than others. But what is it in your life? Are you being active When we act, we are putting our faith to the test. This means that we are taking the opportunity to show that our faith is genuine. That's what the Lord wants to see. That's what other people want to see. That's what makes this so great is when we see people acting, we know that they are acting in genuine faith. And there is nothing more incredible to watch something like that happen. So when someone is faithful, their actions should be reflecting what they believe. And that brings us to our next point, and it's this. Faith with action is living faith. Faith without action is dead faith. And I know that's really simple, but it's so true. Like, we can look at people. We can look at our own selves. And maybe in this moment, you're in one of these, these two camps. Maybe you're, you're thinking to yourself, I need to be more active in my faith. I need to be more obedient to what the Lord is calling me to do. Or maybe you're truly acting in a way right now where your servitude and your servanthood is really out there and you are fired up, which is absolutely incredible. But I know in times as a Christian and in our relationship with Jesus that we get into these times, maybe these lulls or maybe these these mountaintops and these valleys where we feel different ways. Like we're really fired up sometimes to do what the Lord is asking us, right? Because everything is going so well. 
But then we reach these times where it's a little bit more difficult and we're in this valley and we are like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing in my life right now. I'm just trying to, to make sense of it all. But in all those times, what I can tell you is this, is that it shouldn't discourage us from continuing to serve and waking up every day asking the Lord what is next for us. He wants us to serve in all times, not just when it's easy for us, but when he is calling us and when it's difficult and when we have to wake up and maybe we're exhausted and we're tired and we're on the struggle bus of life. Like we just need to wake up and do what the Lord is asking of us. So I have a question for you is, is when have you last put your faith to the test and shown God that your faith is genuine? Has he asked you to do something? Has he asked you to do something that maybe is a little more difficult than what you're used to? Maybe it's out of your comfort zone, right? There are so many times where the Lord asks us to do something just slightly outside of our comfort zone, and we're like, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I look at Moses, right? And he just gave all these excuses to the Lord. He's like, I, I, I can't, you know, like that was his thing. He's like, I can't. He's like, yes, you can. He's like, and even if you can't, I got someone that can help you. His name's Aaron, you know, and he just keeps moving forward. The Lord is going to give you the things that you need in order to do the things that he's asking of you. So when is the last time that you have acted purely based off of trust and trust alone? Has there been a time, maybe you're in a time at this very moment of asking yourself, Lord, like, I hear what you're saying, but this is a lot different than what I thought was about to happen, or this is a lot different than, than what I'm used to. Is the Lord asking you to act on trust and trust alone? And I know that is so hard. That is one of the hardest things that the Lord can ask us to do. But if we can trust Him with our salvation to save us from eternal life in hell, to give us eternal life in heaven? Can we not trust him with the rest of our life? So when is the last time that you trusted the Lord? And I know some of us are parents, right? We trust the Lord every single day with our children and for us not to beat them, you know, sometimes or, you know, when they get in a car or they're going to events or they're playing sports or whatever. We just, we trust the Lord. Lord, I give them to you today. You know, I, I'm praying over my kids. Can you please just protect them? Can you be with them? Can you allow them to, to hang out with the right people and to, to listen to the things that you're asking them? I know that my mom prayed over me as a kid. I know that my wife's mom, my mother-in-law prayed over you know, her and she prayed over her spouses. You know, like all the things, like those are things, like I was receiving prayers from all sorts of places that I never even knew. We have to trust the Lord because there are only so many things that we can control. But the things that we can control is putting our faith in the Lord and acting on the things that he's putting before us. And I promise you this, no matter what you do in this life, no matter what you're gifted at, no matter what your talents are and what the Lord leads you to do, he's all asking us to do the same thing. And that's to love him, to love other people, and to spread that to all of the world. That is what he wants us to do. That's what he wants you to do. How we do that is different based off of who and how he created us. But all of us had the same job at the very end of the day. But as we look back at that last point of faith with action is living faith and faith without action is dead faith, that can be tough to look at and accept in our life because like I said, there are times where we feel both of those things very much. There are times where we are super active in our faith 
Maybe we were super active in our faith when we were teenagers and we were kids. Like we were always going to church and then we become an adult and we're like, I'm not sure what to do now. Like it's, it's just on me. Maybe that's where some people are. Maybe you have been burned or you've been hurt and you've been, you know, just frustrated by some things that have happened in life and that's caused you to become inactive in your faith. But I want us to know that living faith has action and dead faith does not. So it's, you know, as we look at this and we continue our relationship with Jesus, it's so important to look at that and ask ourselves, you know, is my faith moving me to action and am I seeing the fruits of that? And sometimes that can be hard in life as well. Sometimes we don't see the fruits personally ourselves, but there are other people who come to us and encourage us with their words like, hey, I just want to let you know that what you're doing is impacting in whatever way. Hey, you're really impacting my child. You're really impacting my, my, you know, my life or whatever it may be. However we are involved in their life, they come and they give us words of encouragement. And sometimes, man, the Lord delivers that in the most crucial moments for you to see, this is why I'm here. So do not give up hope. Do not give up on the things that you're doing, even if you don't see the fruits from them right away. I promise you, if the Lord has asked you to be there, it's that you are there for a reason and that the fruits will come. You may just not see them first, but other people might be seeing those in your life. And I believe that, you know, this is me speaking, that our actions are extremely important because if your faith wasn't meant to be acted upon or used to impact others, I truly believe that the Lord say, okay, you are saved, you have salvation, come and be present with me. But that's not what he asked us to do. The Lord asks us to put our faith in Him and then to love Him and then to love other people, right? It says, all the law of the prophets hinges on those two things, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And then He asks us to go into all the world and to tell people about who He is. That is what the Lord brings to us, to each of us. And I promise you that He created each of us for a purpose and a very specific reason And he gave us gifts that only we have so that we can do only things that he is only asking us to do. Like you are important in this world. But I want us to see that, you know, he asks us, he does to love him, to love other people. And in Mark 16, 15, he says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. If that's not action, I don't know what is. And I believe that action does two things. It allows us to see the goodness of God in our life, and it allows others to see the product of genuine faith. That's what having faith does. That's what having action does. We get to see when we take action, when the Lord says, this is what I need you to do, and you say, okay, Lord. When we do that and when we act on that, we get to see that genuine, like just the, the product of saying yes to the Lord. If you've been there, then you know how rewarding and refreshing that is. That is something absolutely incredible. And, and I want us to, you know, to really see that and to hang on to it. I, you know, I'm looking at Ryan right now, and he came up with the idea to do the worship night. Like this isn't, I didn't talk about this in first service, but looking at him, that is something that I see Like the Lord put that on his heart and he came to us as a church staff. He went to Danny and said, hey, this is on my heart. Man, there were so many people there. Like I won't lie, like I thought there were going to be people to show up, but I had no clue that it was going to be that big. 
But that's a product of him being faithful to what the Lord asked him to do. And he put that on Ryan's heart and he brought it to us and he acted on it. And man, there was product that was yielded from that. And, and I just, you know, that's absolutely incredible. So sorry to pick you uh, out in the service, Ryan, but I do appreciate that. And I just want to show like there are so many things that the Lord asks us to do. And sometimes only we see the product of that. But sometimes there are people in this world who see the product of our genuine faith and their lives are changed forever because of our faithfulness and our action. So James gives us a great example. I want to go back to Scripture one more time. And here's what it says in verses 21 through 24. You know, this example of Abraham. It says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works. And faith was completed by his works. And the Scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. I don't know if you've heard this story before. If you've been in church for a a little bit of time, you've probably heard the story of Abraham where he's going to have to sacrifice his only son Isaac that he waited almost 100 years on. And now the Lord's asking him to sacrifice his son. He's like, Abraham, you just listen to what I'm asking you to do. I need you to take your son and sacrifice him on the altar. All right, Lord. You know, and I'm sure like Abraham had these conversations with God that we don't know about because it's not recorded in Scripture. And I can only imagine if he was just saying, Lord, are you sure? Like, I waited so long for this and you promised me. But he acted anyway. And I'm sure Isaac was concerned because he knew that there was not a sacrifice coming with them. And then his father lays him on the altar and literally has a knife that he's about to stick into his chest or wherever and kill his own son. And he's stopped by an angel of the Lord. And the Lord provides him with a ram instead to sacrifice instead of a son. The Lord just wanted to see if Abraham was going to be faithful. And he was faithful in every single step to the altar, to putting his son on it, to making that sacrifice. And the Lord stopped him right before he had to. And he gave him something else in its place, which is absolutely incredible in and, and the way that the Lord works. But what we can see from this is when we are faithful and we take every single step that the Lord is asking us, even if it seems crazy or out of this world, I promise you that he is going to provide for you. Abraham was putting his faith to the test at that moment. And I'm sure he had so many questions, but the Lord knew that Abraham was going to be faithful But he wanted to test Abraham to see and allow him to see this is what your faithfulness produces. And the next point is this, is that action takes trust. Action takes so much trust. But the Lord is asking us to trust in him every single day. This is what points out in scripture over and over and over again. And that's why I ask you if we can put enough trust in the Lord to save us and to give us salvation can we not just trust him even more, just a step further and say, Lord, whatever you want for my life, I know that's scary for some of us. And some of us, man, like we know like all the plans that we have for our life and this is what it's supposed to look like. But then the Lord can kind of flip that upside down sometimes. But he always flips it upside down in the greatest way possible. There's never a time that the Lord from what I've seen and what I've experienced has come to me and flipped something upside down or done something a different way and it hasn't been the most phenomenal thing I've ever been a part of. Even in my mistakes, 
I've seen the Lord use me again and give me opportunities to do the things that he's asking me, which is to love him, to love other people, and to tell the whole world about him. Action takes trust, and Abraham was willing to do that. Are you willing to do that? And we know, again, that the story ends with God providing for him. And I want you to know, if you continue to trust the Lord, your story is going to end with God providing for you. You just have to trust him. And the Lord wants us to trust him and to take action, just like Abraham did. And and action is where your faith comes to life. It really does. If you, again, have acted on your faith, you see that. It's one of the greatest things ever. It's just this breath of fresh air when you finally take the courage to be bold enough to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you're asking. It is one of the most incredible things ever. And the next thing is this, and another question for you to ask yourself and to test yourself with is this. Is your faith alive and well at this moment, or is it dead and lacking? Is your faith alive and well at this moment, or is it dead and lacking? I want us to know that this, that dead and lacking faith leads to no trust. It leads to complacency. It leads to turmoil and question. But active faith leads to trust, closeness, obedience, peace, and strength. Are you in a moment where your faith is alive and well? You can answer that question for yourself. You and maybe your spouse can't answer that question for you and your family. If you need advice or godly wisdom, you can talk to someone and say, hey, can you give me a little feedback? But where is your faith? Is it alive and well or is it dead and lacking? And I know that sometimes we just show up and we continue to go through the motions even when our faith is dead and lacking. But I want us to know that if we've ever been burned by anything or if there's ever been a mistake that we've made and we're just like, Lord, I've made a mistake. Why do you want to use me? He wants to use you. We see it time after time again in the scripture where the Lord continues to use people even in their mistakes. If you just come to the Lord and say, Lord, please use me. Allow me to be your servant. He is going to use you and you will be his servant. I promise you that. But active faith leads to trust. That's what I want us to know. It leads to trust, to closeness, obedience, peace, and strength. And that's the greatest place our relationship with Jesus can be. When you have faith in something, you should be willing to do whatever it takes and do it at all costs. I think about this with my son because his answer is always, well, daddy can do it. You know what I mean? Like he's got a lot of trust and faith in the things that I don't even know if I can do at times, you know, but he thinks I can. And that's one of the greatest things in life is for him to be able to look at me or someone else. He's like, well, you can do that, right, daddy? You know, or be like, hey, daddy, how strong are you? You know, how how much can you lift or whatever? He just lights up with that stuff. And then he wants to go and do the same thing. But the whole point is that he has faith and trust in me you know, because he loves me and he cares about me, and I continue, hopefully, to be the example that he needs. But the Lord has faith and trust in you. He's called you to love him. He's called you to a relationship with him, and he wants you to be active in it. Could you imagine having a relationship with your, your child and not being active in that because they didn't want to have any part of you? And that would be tough. That would be a tough place to be in that you show up every single day and you're pouring into them and pouring into them and they just look at you and turn and go and do their own thing. Like, 
that's what I think about at times. And, you know, hopefully as I continue to be a parent and uh, do all that I can to be the best example and role model to them and be, you know, the example of faith that I try to be to them, that they're going to look and that they're going to listen. Even when they're not listening at the moment, I'm still pouring into them because I know that time is coming. I just want them to always remember, this is what dad said. This is what mom said. This is what God is telling us. This is what my Sunday school teachers are telling me. This is what people at church are telling me. So we want to surround our kids with people who are going to continue to feed into them. Do the same thing with yourself. If you can't tell yourself that you need to trust the Lord, surround yourself with people that tell you you need to trust the Lord and act in the things that he's asking you to do. The last point is this, is active faith produces action. Inactive faith produces excuses. Active faith produces action. Inactive faith produces uh, excuses. If you trust in God enough to save you, again, I want to say this again, Will you trust God enough to lead you properly? And will you love God enough to actively follow his will and plan for your life? There are many challenges and blessings that come in life, and doing it with the Lord is by far greater than doing it without him. I've tried to do things on my own. You have probably tried to do things on your own. And you can see from those things that when we are actively faithful in what the Lord is doing, What he's asking of us, it is so much greater. There's less stress even when there's more stress. I know that doesn't make sense, but if you know, you know. Being faithful in what the Lord is asking you to do is so much easier than trying to do it on your own. So keep your eyes on the Lord. Focus on the task at hand and actively pursue the Lord and his purpose for your life. Be hands-on and allow your actions to confirm the faith that your words have spoken of. Because I know there are so many people that say, yes, I'm a Christian, and they believe in their hearts that they are a Christian. But what are your own actions telling you? Are your own actions telling you, hey, have just a little more faith? Just take one more step closer to the Lord. Please, you know, just, just do what he's asking you to do. And I promise you, other people are watching. Give them something worth watching. Allow them to see what the Lord is doing in your life and that he is active in your life and the genuine faith that produces for you and the things that they will see because of that. I promise you people are looking and I want to be the person that can show them if you are faithful to what the Lord is asking you to do and you are taking action, you're going to see the fruits of that. So I challenge you again with this. Are you being active in your faith? As we look back and compare these two things, again, I look at these people on this day 21 years ago who were so active in their faith and in their beliefs and whatever convictions they had to take the actions that they did. As Christians, for us, this is more important for anyone else in the entire world because it's our job to go and to tell all the rest of the world about who Jesus is so that they can have the same faith and eternal life that we have so that they can have the same blessings and fruits in their life that we might have because of our faith and trust in the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for all that you do. Lord, I thank you for this day, Lord, and uh, allowing it to be a day of remembrance of so many just insane things that happen, so many wonderful things that happen because of it. Lord, you never put anything to waste 
Lord, and you definitely don't put our lives to waste. So God, I just ask, Lord, if you are calling us to be active in you, Lord, that you just allow your spirit to stir our heart to be active and to, to respond to that. Because, Lord, there's nothing worse than being inactive in our faith when you are calling us to be active. There is just so much turmoil that comes from that, maybe an unsettledness of knowing that we need to do more or we need to be part of something, whatever it might be. But, Lord, I'm grateful for this church. Lord, I'm grateful to be able to look out and see people who are truly being active in their faith in you. Lord, when you prompt them, they listen. When your spirit leads them, God, they are obedient. And I ask that for every person in this room, Lord, that they can be obedient to you. Lord, not because it's just a, they feel guilty, but because their heart is truly changed by your son, Jesus Christ, when they put their faith in him. So God, thank you, Lord. And maybe you're calling people to action today. Again, I just ask that you continue to place that upon their heart. Lord, if you're calling someone to action today to take and make the step of putting their faith in you for the very first time, Lord, we would love to talk with them up front during this last song. But Lord, whatever you're asking, God, I just ask that people say yes, Lord, and they are faithful to you, and Lord, their actions are evident of that. We thank you, we love you, and it's Christ's name we pray. Amen.